world, and welcome to the first ever episode of I'm Afraid of Americans. I'm Elijah Wilhelm, and we thank you for listening. So here's the deal. Here's what this podcast is all about. We are in a place right now in this country where shit is just hitting the fan. There's no other way around it. Shit is hitting the fan. That's what's happening all around the world. Riots, protests, whatever you want to call them, they're getting crazy. Police continue to kill people. Coronavirus continues to kill people. We are in a place right now that's just bizarre. 2020 has been the weirdest year ever. And that's basically what we're going to talk about in this show. It's not saying that we're afraid of protesters, that we think that the Black Lives Matter movement is this far left kind of mob. It's not saying that at all. I'm afraid of all Americans. Y'all are all fucking crazy. I am too. But basically, that's the point of this show. We're going to talk about things that are happening in the world and look at it from a viewpoint of just everyone is a little crazy. Because we all are. Both sides are. I'm an independent. That means I don't have allegiance to either party. I think that both parties have good points. I think that both parties can be completely wrong. And I think that party allegiance is one of the worst things that's ever happened to this country. People are so unable to call bullshit on their own person when they're bullshitting, but so quick to call it on the other side of the aisle. America is so partisan right now. We can't even get through a pandemic without making this an absolute partisan squabble. How do we get to a place where a pandemic is a partisan issue? I don't know. But more importantly, how are we ever going to get out of the pandemic? Or how are we ever going to prepare for round two of the pandemic when we're looking at everything through partisan lens? And that's the truth and the namesake of this podcast. I'm afraid of Americans. For God's sake, go to Target right now and look for toilet paper. You guys have been hogging it for the past two and a half months. It's crazy. It's weird. Life is strange right now. You hear a lot about the new normal. Well, what is the new normal? Over the past five nights, we've had riots throughout America. Stores burned to the ground. And police having absolutely no control over what's happening on the streets. Is that also our new normal? Is that what we're going to look at now? When one cop does something stupid, which by the way, it was not only stupid, it was murder. But keep in mind, he has been charged with murder. Is that our new normal? We all take to the streets and loot, riot, or is normal just letting it happen? Cops kill people and, well, it happens. Neither one of those is the right way to go about this. Here's the thing. The people that are out there protesting have a point and they have a right to do so. It's when protesting turns into rioting that is a completely different story. Take CNN, for example. CNN leans to the left. It is more in the middle than like MSNBC, but it leans to the left for sure. It is completely behind the protesters and it is not saying anything bad about them. Yet the CNN center in Atlanta, Georgia was attacked. What good does all of this do for your point? Like I said, the protesters have a very strong point. Police should not be killing people at will and especially not because of their color. But don't riots and looting kind of just make things more tense? Police become more scared because remember, they are humans too. They've had training, but they are humans. And when people are rioting in the streets, they're going to be more on alert. They're going to be more tense. 
probably more quick to shoot. I don't know. You know, I, I agree 1000% with those who are protesting, with those who are saying that something has to change. I just don't agree that the way that some people are doing this is the way to make it change. Martin Luther King Jr., you cannot tell me that he was not a great advocate for African American rights. He never looted, he never rioted, and yet he still got change done. Clearly, not enough change, because we're still having issues in 2020, but change was done. You dilute your message when you go out and set things on fire. When you empty a target out for no good reason. George Floyd was murdered. One of his murderers is in jail right now. The rest could be following. We're not sure yet. But George Floyd was murdered. That does not give people the right to loot. I understand people are upset. I understand that I'm white and I don't quite get it. Not that I don't have sympathy. I just probably can't get it. I've never been in that situation. I don't know what it's like. But listening to the news coverage, especially the far right, or even the right in general, this is only making things worse. And it's only making each side more nervous about the other. I understand that something has to be done and that the way that we've been doing things isn't going to work. Maybe the problem is with those who are in charge. Not necessarily the president. It's the fault of leadership everywhere. On a local, on a state, and on a national level. And leadership is not only government. Leadership is newscasters who steer the story. Leadership is police chiefs and community leaders. There are ways to stand up and say something must change besides this. Because this isn't going to work. And it's only making things worse. I understand tensions are high. That this is not one situation. This is the pent-up anger of years and years of oppression. But if we can take that and make it into something constructive rather than destructive, I really think that change could happen. Here's the thing. You're never going to change everyone. There are people who are racist. And there's nothing that you can do about that. It doesn't make it okay. I'm not saying, oh, well, it just happens. But we'll never get rid of racism completely. What we have to do is change the way things are structured. Change the way things are set up. The police officer had almost 20 reports against him before he killed George Floyd. How in the hell was he able to still be a police officer with almost 20 complaints against him? It doesn't make sense. It's not set up right. So we need to come together. We need to let those who are hurting speak. But we have to do it in a way that can bring things together. Enough is enough. I saw a protester sign that said, I'm 62 years old and I'm still doing this shit. It's ridiculous that we are in this spot. That we have gotten here yet again. Race and racial issues have plagued this country from day one. The Civil War had a lot to do with slavery, which is race issues. That was in 1861. We are in 2020 and still dealing with the same shit. 
We can't change everyone. We can't reach every heart. It's just not going to happen. But we can change the system, the structure, put in place guards to prevent things like this from happening. And if that's not one thing that can bring us together, I don't know what will. Before we move on to our second story, that's basically what this show is going to be like. Talking about the news and looking at it from a non-partisan lens. That doesn't mean I don't have an opinion or a side or a belief. It just means that I'm not completely committed and loyal to one side or the other. I'm an independent, a libertarian specifically. So yes, I have an opinion. I have a view on things. I'm just not so blinded by partisanship that I can't look at things from a step back. Now you may think that I'm leaning one way or the other, that I'm against you just because I'm not for you, but don't fall into that trap. You know, there's a communication theory that says basically, if people don't feel like the presenter is with them, then they must be against them. Like if Joe Buck is calling the Super Bowl and he's not openly cheering for your team, then he must be cheering for the other team. He's not, he doesn't give a shit. He's paid the same no matter what. I don't give a shit either. I'm not concerned with which party is winning or which party has the upper hand as long as things are going to go right. And neither party is perfect. Neither party can do things exactly right. We need a mix. We need something in the middle. So you will agree with some things that I say and you will disagree with many other things that I say. And that's okay. It's good to have dialogue, to hear sides that you don't necessarily agree with. We are so in our partisan trenches that people refuse to listen to the other side. That's wrong. We should hear both sides of the story and talk about both sides of the story. Because generally the answer is not to the left or the right. It's somewhere in the middle. And that's the perspective that we're going to try to bring to you each and every week on this podcast. Now let's talk about coronavirus. Fucking tired of talking about coronavirus, but you know what? I'm sitting here doing this show in quarantine right now, so we're going to talk about coronavirus. We've just hit 100,000 deaths in the United States. Holy shit, that's a lot of people. But what's more is 40 million Americans out of work. Here's where, again, we turn to the middle. Because Republicans want to open everything up. Want to pretend like this never happened. Go back to normal. Democrats want to stay shut down. Obviously not forever. Everyone wants to get the economy moving. But they want to save every life that they possibly can and damn the economy. There's got to be somewhere in the middle. Look, the coronavirus is dangerous. For some people. For those who are older. For those who have pre-existing conditions. For someone like me in my 20s with no pre-existing health conditions, I'm not concerned about it. I'm concerned about spreading it to someone who is vulnerable, but I'm not concerned about getting it myself. At least 33% of people who get coronavirus have no symptoms whatsoever. The death rate is less than a percent, and it's almost always with those who either have pre-existing conditions or are over the age of 65 or both. Now, those are important people, and we should protect them. I'm not saying, damn them, it happens. But that's what we should do, is a more targeted approach. Protect those people, not everyone. And it's not going to be fair to everyone. 
It's going to end with your grandma being in her bedroom for two months, hiding from everyone. And that sucks. But we don't have to choose. It's not life or economy. It can be somewhere in the middle. Let's quarantine the at-risk, those who are over 65, those who have pre-existing health conditions. Take them, put them in their rooms, and quarantine them. It's going to be lonely. There's FaceTime. You can talk to each other between the door. Whatever works. But there's no reason that the young and healthy should not be out working, making a living, spending money, and keeping the economy going. We are ruining lives, millions of them, for no good reason. This one-size-fits-all does not work for anything with the coronavirus. It doesn't work for location. It doesn't work for who you need to protect. Cases in Southwest Virginia are very different than those in New York City. New York City should be more careful. Those who are at risk should be more careful. You hear a lot, stay home for your neighbor. What about you go shopping for your neighbor to keep their small business open, to keep their job, to keep their family fed? The government is assisting right now, but how much longer will that last? People are taking advantage of the system and they're staying on unemployment, refusing to come back to work because they would make more on unemployment than they would at work. I get it. I would be the exact same way. But eventually, that's going to run dry. But I'm watching stores around me shut down for good. Logan's Roadhouse, Pier 1 Imports, JCPenney, all stores that are no longer going to be open due to the coronavirus. We have to look out for this as well. It's not a selfish view to want to have enough money to live. You know, it's easy to count deaths from coronavirus. It's harder to count them from suicide, from overdose, from whatever it may be because of this lockdown. And an article suggests that as many as 75,000 Americans could die of suicide or overdose due to the coronavirus. That is nearly as many people that have died from the virus itself. So let's take a step back. Try to figure out how we can get the best of both worlds. Well, that's it. I'm done ranting. Tell me what you think. You can let us know via Twitter. It's at Elijah Wilhelm, E-L-I-J-A-H-W-I-L-H-E-L-M. And you will also find the link to our website there in my bio as well. I'm not going to buy an actual URL until we see if this is going to do anything. So the link for now will be in my bio on Twitter. Feel free to tweet me or DM me. Tell me that you agree or that you think I'm a fucking idiot or that you think I'm just crazy. I'm crazy, and so are you. We're all crazy. And that's why I'm afraid of Americans. We'll be back next week, Monday mornings before 9 a.m. Until then, have a great week. Stay safe.